We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and learn, and pay respect to the First Nations peoples and their elders past, present, and future. We're recording on Gadigal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hi, welcome to The Green Room, a euphony podcast taking you behind the scenes with musicians, actors and comedians from around the globe. Powered by Yamaha Headphones, I'm your host Tiana Spita. Thanks heaps for joining me today. It's awesome to have you here whether you're a long-time listener or perhaps today's your first ever Green Room episode. Either way, welcome and let's get started. To recap on last week's episode, I spent some time with the legendary John Taylor, bassist for Duran Duran, right on the cusp of the band releasing their 15th studio album, Future Past. After four decades and absolutely taking the world by storm along the way, Duran Duran have continually been ingrained in the fabric of modern music, thanks in part to their knack for risk-taking, rule-breaking, and an undying passion for what they do all together as a group. John took a look back at the Burning and Bunch's meteoric rise to fame and also lifted the lid on some of the key elements to the ongoing durability of Duran Duran. So if you're hungry like the wolf some Duran Duran stories in your life, I could not help myself there, definitely go give that episode a listen and definitely go check out the new album Future Past if you haven't done so already too. It will definitely put a spring in your step and also just get stuck in your head. But before you go back and give that episode a listen, from Birmingham to Canada, my guest today is one of the true rare entertainers in this world and an artist who continually captures your heart with every role she takes on. From her daring lead role in the epic series Chapelweight to starring in the TV adaptation of the iconic Bruce Willis film 12 Monkeys and, of course, utterly stealing the show as Stevie Bud on everyone's favourite dysfunctional family with a heart of gold sitcom Shit's Creek, well, it suffice to say that Emily Hampshire is an undeniable star continually on the rise. The road has been one lined with determination and moxie, with Emily kicking off her acting pursuit way back in her teens, and also realising many childhood dreams as her career took off with gusto. But outside of making us laugh, cry and beyond, Emily Hampshire has also turned her hand to many other adventures, including voiceover work, and now a perfect new role as a podcaster, joining the cast and also executive producing the upcoming new scripted series, The Beautiful Liar. Inspired and devised by the American pop rock band X Ambassadors, The Beautiful Liar is a gripping and irresistible coming-of-age meets superhero origin story, mirroring Casey and Sam Harris from X Ambassadors' real life, as well as their most recent album release of the same name. With Emily taking on the shadowy role of the protagonist Clementine's secret friend Shadow on the podcast, the Beautiful Liar is an extremely fitting venture for this extremely talented Canadian star. And today, the lady herself joins me to chat all about this brand new podcast, as well as some career highlights and how she's been inadvertently preparing for podcast life from an extremely young age. Well, welcome, Emily Hampshire. I have you here on the green room with me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thanks well, for waking up at 8 a.m. to have me. 
you know what? You are worth waking up. I would have woken up earlier, but I probably would have been half asleep. So it's probably good. It's a little bit later in the day. Well, it's so exciting to have you on a podcast. I know you are a woman of many, many talents, but you yourself are now embarking on an incredible new adventure. I'm talking, of course, about The Beautiful Liar, a superhero origin story and podcast that I feel is so much more than that below the surface. But obviously it's alongside Sam Nelson Harris. It's accompanying a an actual album, which we'll get to as well. But tell me, how did you become a part of this adventure for The Beautiful Lie? How did this all come to be? Well, it actually, um, it my agent sent me this, um, sent me a bunch of scripts and um, said it was a podcast, but not your your typical podcast. Cause I'm not, I own, I listen to one type of podcast and one type of podcast only. And that is murder. Um, so I'm kind of not that, except I'm going to listen to yours all the time now. It's not like much of a podcast person, unless there's murder involved. Um, and however, he told me that it was, uh, a scripted narrative podcast, um, an actual story, and kind of like those old-fashioned radio dramas, which you probably don't know about, but when I was a kid in Canada, some of my first jobs were doing these radio dramas where, like, a guy behind you would do footsteps and, like, close the door, and and it really is a different type of acting that's very um, fun and, and different. However, um, I I wasn't really going to do this just for that because there wasn't very much money and there was it was a lot of time and then I read first the letter that Sam Nelson Harris sent me and by the end of that letter I was like I have to do this project please god let these scripts be great um because he he basically told me how personal this was to him and talked about how, um, you know, he and his brother, Casey, his brother, Casey, who's also an ex ambassadors, um, has been blind from birth. And when they were kids, they used to um, listen to uh, books on tape and radio dramas and that uh, Sam wanted to do an album that included that. And then over that course, they started to get this story of this girl, this teenage girl named Clementine, who was blind from birth as well. And this kind of superhero origin story um, emerged out of her discovering her powers that kind of manifested themselves in this voice in her head named Shadow, which ultimately became me. Um, And I, first of all, instantly just fell in love with his passion and, and the honesty behind the story. And then I read the scripts and they, they're they just amazing. They're just so, I mean, literally beautiful. Um, and I also just connected on this, this kind of um, storytelling way they have in, in these scripts is um, that they tell it through audio tapes that were, it, it, I'm not explaining this well, but Clementine is kind of, the story is told on two different timelines. And one of them is being played back in these audio tapes that they were, um, the, this nefarious company called the Institute was um, kind of spying on her with. But the point of that is that when I was a kid, when I was eight, I got this recorder for Christmas, like a tape recorder with an old fashioned tape. And 
I, it was my best friend and I named it Herman and I talked to Herman all day and I, I was like, I'll never, I'll never leave you alone, Herman. And so it was me just like talking nonstop because I didn't want, it was like voice activated. So I didn't want to leave it alone. Um, and I'd like run up into the closet and sing the Little Mermaid and like quietly and then record everyone. And so I ended up with this box of like hundreds of tapes of me as a kid doing all these recorded audio things. and it just hit me in this place where this girl Clementine was kind of the age I was when I, when I stopped doing that. And, um, and it was just such a special story that I, one that I hadn't heard before. Um, and I also love being shadow. It's so my jam being the voice in the head. <laughs> I love so many things you touched on there. Like, I don't quite know where to start. I mean, I used to make terrible fake radio shows in my bedroom, like when I was supposed to be asleep. And I, oh I feel like God. yours are probably going to be a little bit better than mine. Mine were not quite. Not quite no, but I, I also tried too. to sing The Little Mermaid. <laughs> oh my God, we have to compare. Mine was so bad. Like, it's so funny though, because I'd keep it on and you'd hear like me running up the stairs and because I and like closing the closet door and then really quietly start and then then go big Broadway with yes. it and, um and I do I would do fake radio shows too oh my god I even remember I made up a jingle for one and I did it in French too because I'm from Montreal and mm. you learn to speak French first there and I remember oh yeah it was the weather and I was like le météo avec Amanda le météo sur la nouvelle plus Amanda I remember that. That was a jingle for Amanda, my friend, to do the weather. Um, oh, my God. So, like, this, is, I just that. this is blowing my mind. I feel like you might need to make this happen. This feels like it was destined to kind of all meet in this point. And, you know, like if you just need someone to sing badly on the side, I'll, we'll talk about it after. But, <laughs> but the fact that you've arrived here, like, and touching on Shadow, like I know Shadow was actually spied on an ex-ambassador's music video called My Own Monster and, like, Shadow's got I recommend that people go watch that music video um, <laughs> because it's, first of all, it's brilliant. And so also the, I'm terrible at explaining things because I'm ADD. So if you're totally lost, please send me back. Um, but, but what I love is this, um, this podcast is actually a companion piece to their new album, Beautiful Liar. And in it, it's, it begins with, with, um, the, this kind of like book on tape feel, this old timey book on tape being read. And, and then these, these characters that are in our podcast are part of this journey of, of the album. And My Own Monster is a song where you really kind of see shadow come to life. Um, I love that video so much. Um, but yeah, it also reminded me of another thing. I, I just connected so much with this that when I was a kid, I had an imaginary friend named Christy Alley, which makes no sense because that was an actual, like an actress at the time on television. Um, but it wasn't, for, her name was Christy Alley. And my parents believed me that I had this imaginary friend and it only came out when I was like going over to Christy's place. And my parents were like, I think we really need to meet her parents. And then they found out that there was no Christy Alley. Um, and uh, yeah, so Shadow's kind of like, uh, uh, Clementine's best friend and uh, he, he kind of the ex her externalized voice and her dysfunctional big sister, if you will, um, that 
it's it's also the voice we kind of all have in our heads about like do this bad thing or or don't trust these people don't like all the things you kind of learn too and I think Clementine has to learn to overcome that voice in her head and to find her whole self yeah absolutely and I mean the actual visual of shadow is so fun like in that video so I feel like though I've had a little cheeky listen you just bring shadow so perfectly to life like there's fun there's a little bit of menace going on but it's this perfect balance of it like you seem to always be able to bring these real light and shade to your characters like what really sticks to you when you're looking at like characters and when you're choosing characters like this like do you find yourself more drawn to like the comical side of stuff or do you like having these little like darker elements to things when you're playing roles well I I do just have a tendency to always see the the funny and things even the darkest stuff and usually the things that are funnier on the page I can kind of see the sincerity in it and if I don't see those then the the balance feels off to me and it doesn't feel true so mainly I just I always look for something that feels uh, its most honest self and I feel like this that's what's so special about this this podcast and and why I even I, I have an email to my agent responding to his like, are you interested in doing this? And I um I just said, I I have to do this. I would love to be their shadow if they would have me. I would also love to be more a part of this. If there's anything I could do, I would love to help this move along and executive produce on it. If like I'll serve, I'll do craft service for them and bring them sandwiches. It's just so special. And like, the testament to how special it was is basically did it for free in my closet because we had to do a sound thing and um, I don't have a sound booth in my house and it was COVID. And so I soundproofed my closet out and spent like eight hours in there doing, doing this. But it um, it's just one of those things that's so special and everyone involved, like Rory Andal, who, who plays um, Clementine is so brilliant. And um, there's a lot of, a lot of the cast is actually, um, there's, I think there are five uh, visually impaired people in the cast and there's a lot of people, you know, uh, diversity being used in a way that I think is important for a story like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really important. Like like you said, there's obviously so much scope out there now. We've got podcasts, we've got shows, we've got music, we've got all of this. But to see a story like this come to life and have such a significant connection to Casey, obviously as well with his story, it's just so important. And it's just it's so yeah, it's just so accessible and everyone can kind of have an enjoyment of this, which is really incredible. It just gives me goosebumps. Yeah. And it's, and the thing is what makes it so great is when you do tell a personal story like that, um, it comes through that. I I do think the more specific you get and more personal you get, the more universal it is because you're telling these truths that, that people don't say all the time, but then you're like, Oh my God, I feel that way too. And, um, and I think everyone, at least I can relate to this, this girl who loses her father and, um, and then, starts to have these superpowers that she's trying to repress and and to me it's also like well it's not even just to me in the letter that Sam Nelson uh, Harris wrote to me about this doing this 
he was saying how he always tries to like have it together and push and like be the person who's keeping everything together, all his emotions in check. And, and he was like, what would happen if I just let it go? If I just like said everything I wanted to say. And, and he's like, that's where shadow came from. And this voice in my head and, and I got it. And I think everyone, when you put it through that lens, you're like, oh my God, yeah, I have a shadow in my head. Absolutely. Although I wish my shadow was like half as fun as you. So like, I'm not sure how we can, we'll get there. (laughs) Stay with me after this short break as Emily Hampshire and I chat real life superheroes, what music might be kicking around in her playlist right now. And that iconic musical moment in Schitt's Creek that realized a lifelong dream. That and more coming up after this. Love music? Press play. A new release podcast from Euphony. Each week, Press Play rounds up the best in new music landing in stores and streaming services. Catch all the latest album, EP, and single news, as well as a roundup of reissues, anniversary, and vinyl releases. Host Tiana Speeder is joined by a panel of knowledgeable music experts alongside artists discussing their new releases. Visit euphony.com.au or listen to Press Play on your favorite podcast platform. Interesting too. I love that you said that you had to, well, I don't love it, but it's quite fitting that you had to record some of this in your wardrobe. Like I recorded part of my podcast sitting in my wardrobe in my other house because the road outside is just rushing past and noisy. And I'm there and I'm like, so glamorous right now. But for you, like you've had such a diverse range of roles and you've obviously done voiceover stuff before as well. Like this is not the first time you've done an audio thing, but how did this whole podcast process like fit into everything else like is this something you might want to pursue more of down the track or do you love the rush of being in front of a camera like what's your kind of ultimate I, mean, I love your... I love a podcast or um when I mean it's just so rare now though podcasts they're always on camera now so it's yeah, kind of the piece of purpose but um I do love I used to do a lot of animation and I love doing that stuff because really you're just so free to like not worry about what you look like and and just find this character from inside. Um, but this um, this definitely feels like something I I want this to be the one special thing I do. Like I don't know that I'd do another narrative podcast because um, I, I think it's so rare to find a great story. Like this is nine episodes and it's perfect. It's kind of like, it reminds me of Schitt's Creek. People were like, why didn't you keep going? What? because that was the story and it was perfect. And if you kept going, you'd ruin it. And, and this is like, I mean, this story could actually go on cause it makes sense, but it's, um, it's just so well-written and uh, yeah, I loved doing it. Also, I'm obsessed with their album now, like obsessed. Um, it's so good. I was going to ask you that actually, I was going to ask if you were an X Ambassadors fan before coming into this, like what kind of music will we catch you listening to normally? I just want to pick apart your playlist because I feel like we've got very similar taste. So oh, I, I just, don't know. I, I feel like my taste that. is weird because, well, I knew Renegade and I, um, and now I'm like the biggest X Ambassador fan. Um, but my taste is so kind of on polar opposite ends. Like I will when I'm in driving in a car, uh, driving in a car, what else would I be driving? <laughs> I don't know. When I'm 
in a car, I um I'll listen to like top forty, uh, just like the top stuff that's playing, really into Little Nas, um, Olivia Rodrigo. But then I also like I love musicals. I love Hamilton. I um I love the Chicks, formerly the Dixie Chicks. Uh, so it's really like a big spectrum of um. Yeah, I like making playlists. So like any part I do, I always make a character playlist, which sounds embarrassing as that comes out of my mouth. But I, I love do, that part. <laughs> I always make like I have I have my Rose playlist for this show Chapel Wait that I was doing. And um yeah, I always make a playlist and then I do kind of scene by scene the mood of this just because music really is a fast track way to get you into wherever you need to go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there like, so what was in Shadow's playlist apart from X Ambassadors, obviously? Well, you know, that was kind of unfair because I really just used that album. As makes my, sense though. It does um, make sense. Ha- however, I also used a bit of, um, of, oh my God, I'm, don't, I'm blanking on it. Uh, Fiona Apple, the, there's this album that has the longest name and it's um called the, like the, Oh God! It's the longest name in the world, and I can't remember the name of the album, and I can't open it because I turned off all my Wi-Fi. Um, but anyways, there's it's like about it's all this crazy kind of oompa loompa music, and I just feel like that's gonna make no sense to anybody. No, it, but I know it does. I, I totally love that. I love that's. I love to use like weird descriptions when I talk about music. So I may have to like rent that from you for my next review potentially. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and like the music linkage with the podcast, like it's quite fitting. I've read you, and obviously you've already brought it up. Like you've, you're a self-professed musical theater fanatic, and we did get to witness a childhood dream come to life when you took the stage as Sally and Cabaret on Shit's Creek. Obviously, will there be any more Emily Hampshire musical shenanigans on the card in the near future? Oh my gosh, I I hope so. I mean, every series I've ever done, the first thing I say to the showrunner is, can we do a musical episode? And that's what I said to Dan uh, first season of Shits. And he's like, maybe the town might do one one day. And I never in a million years, I thought Stevie would be like, you know, the person dressed in black moving furniture in the back. Um, but I just died when I found that out. And when I did this other show called 12 Monkeys, I got to do like, pinks you and your hand to Hitler it was a time travel show um and 99 loof balloons in German um I've had so many opportunities to do these like musical numbers which is crazy because I am not a singer like at all but I just love it I do tell people like I you know I can't read music and I'm not a professional singer at all um but I will commit I do feel like I can tap into a character through their their musical kind of renditions. Like to me, maybe this time as Stevie was an even greater song um, because it was Stevie singing it. Like the original is, is, you know, maybe this time I'll get a man, maybe this time he'll love me. And with Stevie doing it, it's maybe this time I'll win. Maybe this time I'll be as great as everybody thinks I can be. And it's so such an empowering moment for her um so yeah I, I hope so I hope so well I do too and I feel like commitment you know if you're committing that passionately to it I think you're already like leaps ahead of so many people who think they are professional musicians so I, I'm, I'm backing you I think you got this 
Okay. Yeah. I do actually think I noticed something that when I, that when you do something that you're not a pro at, um, and that you don't consider yourself an expert in that field, you're so much more open to, um, not only trying things, but you're so inventive because you're kind of ignorant. Like I, I recently was recording this song thing and again, not a singer, never been in the recording booth for that. And, and I would just throw out ideas and be much braver than I am in acting. Cause I think like, Oh, I know the rules about acting and I know you can't do this because of this. And in singing, I don't know what I can't do. And so it was a real lesson to kind of have that beginner's mind in everything, which I really am trying to remember to do always now is like, think like a beginner because your world opens up. I think that's the healthiest way to be. And I think it's, it's not fake it till you make it, but it's kind of got that mentality of just, it does. You just gotta yeah. do it. You just got to yeah. do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it'll just like also jump into something, not thinking like, how am I going to look doing it? Or am mm-hmm. I going to be good at it? Um, and I think for a long time I was real and still am a perfectionist, but it's very paralyzing to be like that. And to, I wouldn't start things because I was afraid I wouldn't be perfect coming out of the gate. And when you do something you're not professional at, or nobody expects you to be good at, I like to lower expectations. That's a good (laughs) move too. And then nobody expects you to be good. And then you can just be free because to me, usually death to me is when somebody like expect something of me and I'm like feeling that they expect it and then I'm dead (laughs) yeah no I think it's the healthiest way to be and I think it's led you to some incredible things and no doubt many other things are going to be on the horizon that you're just going to blow us away with but to bring it back to the beautiful layer to close us out I know even though it's kind of got a lot of coming of age there's a lot of things going on with it it's essentially a superhero origin story I guess there's a two part to this because you may want to choose one or the other. Either okay. what superhero do you identify most with or who do you think is a real life superhero in your life right now? Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, you can choose both if you'd prefer. <laughs> I can choose both or I you can? You've got, oh, you can. Okay. You can do whatever you want. What superhero do I most identify with? Oh, gosh. Um... Mm. honestly this is gonna sound like a, a, a lie but I genuinely identify with Clementine so much because it's that superhero ability that is is the coming from this place of trying to suppress it and you realize that the thing you you are don't want to let out is your gift is your and um uh, so I really, I feel like that's a cop up, but it's really not. I just, and then a superhero in my life, boy, um, I would have to say it's, it's Norman Lear, who is a producer. He's a legendary producer. He is 99 years old and he is the producer on, I'm, I'm doing a remake of one of his older shows, but I, why I think he's a superhero is um, I, I read his book and and I talked to him kind of regularly for this show and to have somebody who ha- at 99 years old is like just so grateful for every moment. His book is called um, Even This I Get to Experience. So it's like even every experience he has, he's like, oh my God, like anyone he talks to, 
He's like, I can learn something from this person. I can, and to have that mentality is superhero to me. Like, and because he doesn't need to, he could rest on his laurels. He's doing fine. But to, to be that engaged in, in a moment is, that's pretty superhero. Yeah, I think you've knocked it out of the park with both. And I don't think it's a cop-out because I think Clementine's the kind of superhero that we all need a little bit more of in our life. So I'm so excited that we're going to be having that in our world. So that obviously will be premiering on Amazon Music ad-free starting on the 3rd of November with new episodes dropping every Wednesday. Emily Hampshire, an absolute delight. I won't press you to like start our little radio Little Mermaid crossover show just yet, but you know, just if you get bored... We can we record it in wardrobe. <laughs> we might have to. That would be so fun. Okay. One episode we'll do. It'll be our like kids homemade radio episode of your show. Oh my fun. God. I feel like I've, I apologize to the world in advance, but I'm sorry. I'm so into it. I'm going to embrace this and just let the fear go. Let's yes. do it. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for so your time. Awesome. I'm so grateful. Thanks. And um, um, we're going to do this. Yes. I'm, a, I, I'm sorry in advance. I'm not a great singer. So. Okay. Neither am I. We'll just commit. We're perfect. Yeah. Commit. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Bye. You. Have a great Bye. rest of your day. Okay. You too. Bye. If like me, you like a bit of narrative meat on your podcast bones and want a bit more Emily Hampshire in your life, I guarantee you will adore the beautiful liar between the storytelling performances and the amazing world built each episode. Well, let's just say you won't be disappointed to add yet another podcast to your listening list. As I mentioned earlier, The Beautiful Liar premieres on Amazon Music ad-free starting on the 3rd of November, with new episodes dropping every Wednesday, so definitely get amongst it. And if you're in the mood for even more podcasts, you can head on over to euphony.com.au to check out a bunch of amazing podcasts with something for everyone, including sports, music, and everything in between. You can also catch up on any previous episodes of The Green Room there that you may have missed along the way. Plus, you can also watch episodes of The Green Room as well, including today's episode. If you search The Green Room with Tiana Speeder on YouTube, you'll find today's chat with Emily and a heap more to devour. If you do like The Green Room or you love it, just can't get enough of it, please let us know. Chuck us a review, a like or a subscribe, a comment, get in touch online. I may even accept carrier pigeons, but I'm not sure how official that is in the podcasting world yet. But for now, that is it for today's episode. Thanks so much for hanging out and I will catch you next week on The Green Room. Tiana Speeder is a Euphony podcast, created by Craig Trewick, produced by Tiana Speeder and Andrew Mast, hosted by Tiana Speeder, recorded, edited, and engineered by Zig Parker, music by Zig Parker.